Welcome to episode 97 of the Girl About the Globe podcast. In this episode, I'm going to transport you to the Asian city of Singapore. I'm going to share the top must-sees and how to get around. So if you've ever wanted to travel to Singapore, this podcast episode is for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. I have so many favourite cities in the world and Singapore is up there with some of my favourite cities. If you're wondering, is it safe for solo female travellers? It is so safe. You cannot pick a safer country to travel to, apart from Dubai, where I've just moved to. But the laws are very strict and you can get fined for even just throwing chewing gum on the floor. So Singapore is a really good option for solo female travellers. People are also friendly, so you have no problems if you get lost and you need to ask for directions. Singaporeans are very multicultural and they're very welcome into international guests. The city itself is clean and just wonderful to explore. It's an ideal location for solo female travel. If you are going to go to Singapore, just make sure that you do check what you can bring into the country. If you have a specific medicine, for example, you do need to check that you can bring that in and you might need a doctor's note because it's a very strict place to go. It's a very vibrant city. It's independent and it's a mix of old and modern. For a small country, it's actually quite diverse. There are many different religions and languages there. It is known for its shopping, but Singapore has a lot more than just shops to entertain you if you're not really a shopper. So as well as shops, you're going to find temples, skyscrapers, there's even a man-made beach in this Asian metropolis. One of the top things to do, and it is very touristy and I have done it, is to enjoy a Singapore sling at the Raffles Hotel. It's a five-star hotel and it's one of the most famous buildings and it's also a Singapore attraction in itself because of its colonial architecture that dates back to 1887. If you are looking for the best view, you have to go to the Marina Bay Sands Sky Park Observation Deck for amazing views of the city. You do need to pay or you can just spend all your money on a cocktail in the bar instead. It's one of the must-sees there, and you can also go there alone at night just to get a really good view of the city at night. For a different view, Mount Faber Park is an entertainment spot where you can dine with a view. You can take the cable car to the top of the hill to have a drink in the trendy bar and just watch the city as it turns from day to dusk. If you are going to be spending a few nights in Singapore, I would say you probably need at least three nights here. There is a Singapore City card and it saves you money on 35 of the top attractions in the city. So you can see as many as you can within two, three or five days. So it's ideal if you're planning to stay from two to five days. If you're into architecture, I suggest heading to the Cathedral of St Andrews, which is the country's largest cathedral. There's also the Cathedral of the Good Shepherd, which is the oldest Roman Catholic church in Singapore. One of the nicest places to go there for a temple is the Tian Hop Ken Temple. It's an architectural masterpiece and a national monument, which is dedicated to the Taoist goddess of the sea. It's also Singapore's most important Hokkien temple, and it dates back to 1839. It's also a really impressive Hindu temple in the city. 
don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's called Sri Mariamam Temple. It's one of the old places to visit in Singapore. It's built in a Dravidian style and it's located in Chinatown. And also you cannot go to Singapore without taking pictures of probably the most famous tourist attraction there, which is Merleon, which is the mystical creature with the body of a fish and the head of a lion. And you're going to find them dotted all over the city. If it's culture that you're after, head to the Intan or the Peranakan Museum to learn more about Peranakan culture, Singapore's vibrant community. Also, the National Gallery Singapore is a fantastic gallery to see the world's largest display of Asian art. You can easily spend two or three hours there. If it's history that you enjoy, there's a fort called Fort Siloso, which is a preserved artillery fort which was built in the 19th century to help guard the Singapore harbour. It's an important part of Singapore's past and it's also one of the interesting places there to go alone and you can learn more about the country's history. Fort Canning Park is a historical landmark and the place to visit in Singapore for nature and history as well. It's 18 hectares of ancient artefacts such as the Fort Gate, which is a remnant of a 19th century fortress. You can also learn about the city's history at Maritime Corner and that's reachable from Orchard Road, which is one of the main shopping districts. The Singapore City Hall is also one of the national monuments. Apparently, during the Japanese occupation, it was used as shelter from the air raids before becoming the Japanese headquarters. Nowadays, along with the old Supreme Court, the City Hall has been transformed into the National Gallery Singapore, where you can see artwork from both Singapore and Southeast Asia. There's also a Muslim quarter in Singapore. It's called Kampong Glam. You can learn more about the history at the Malay Heritage Centre, or you can just admire the gold dome of the Sultan Mosque. It's a very different neighbourhood to visit. It's got a very rich history and also places to stop for lunch. One of my favourite places here, and it is very touristy, it is one of the biggest tourist attractions, is Sentosa Island. It's fun and yes, it probably is for children, but it's a really good place to just go and just release your inner child it's a theme park which is built on an island south of singapore linked by a road but the best way to get there is not by road it's by cable car which takes you from faber peak straight into sentosa island or you can also reach the island by bus which is outside orchard street but you don't just pay one price to get into the theme park you generally have to pay for each land that you enter so there are shows, there are rides, and it's also the place to cool off in the heat and just drift along a lazy river, or you can even shoot down water slides at the Adventure Cove Water Park. You could easily spend a whole day there. You can watch a parrot show, you can just stroll through the Spice Garden or just relax on the man-made beach. If you do want a bit more adventure, you could go to Universal Studios, the Underwater World, or fly through the air at the Megazip adventure park. They've even got a Madden two swords on the island. I don't normally advocate zoos but one thing I really enjoyed here was the Singapore night safari which is held at the Singapore Zoo. It's an evening tour and if you've ever wanted to experience a safari and you haven't yet been to Africa I would honestly say that the night safari is the next best thing because you get to see nocturnal animals in an environment similar to their natural habitat. And you can take the little tram that goes round and then you get up close and personal to hippos, 
you even get close to fruit bats. There are also walking trails, which brings you closer to the animals on foot. Singapore Zoo is one of the best zoos in the world as the animals are able to roam in natural and open habitats. You can also take the train from various points in the city and then catch a bus to get to the zoo. If you're looking for somewhere really nice to dine, River Quay and Clark Quay are buzzing with all different kinds of restaurants. Clark Quay is more historical than River Quay, but they both have picturesque walks along the river with the skyscrapers along the skyline. If you really want to get a good view, you can take a river cruise and then you can experience Singapore from the water or you can just sit in one of the quays in the sun with a coffee. If you're unsure what to do at night as well, the quays are also a great place to just go and have a meal or you can have a drink and you can meet other people at the bars there because it's all within a social environment. If you do feel like you want to escape the city, there are plenty of spaces to escape to in Singapore. Mac Ritchie Reservoir Park is one of them and it has a suspended bridge through the treetops as well as plenty of nature trails to hike. If you love flowers, the Singapore Botanic Gardens has the most stunning orchard garden. Apparently it's Singapore's first UNESCO World Heritage Site. 80 hectares of tropical paradise with waterfalls and a rainforest where you can just lose yourself in it. It's reachable on one of the MRT stations which is the train station. There's also a flower dome and a cloud forest, which are situated at the gardens by the bay. And as well as the 16-storey man-made trees, it also has the world's tallest indoor waterfall. For the eco-girl about the globe, Bukit Timar Nature Reserve should also be on your list. This reserve is outside of the city centre, on the slopes of Bukit Timar Hill, and it's the place to go if you fancy spotting some birds and wildlife. For more nature, you can visit the Chinese mythological theme park in Jurong and the Chinese and Japanese gardens. If you're a bird lover, Jurong Bird Park in Jurong is Asia's largest bird paradise. There are more than 3,000 birds and 400 species there. Obviously, if you do come to Singapore for the shopping, Orchard Road is the place to shop. And it does feel like this street just goes on for miles. It's full of department stores. It's got everything that you need even if you want to get a cheap electrical item. You could easily just spend a whole day window shopping there. It also comes alive at night with bars, which stay open past midnight and also clubs. If you do decide to go to a club by yourself, you need to dress smartly as some of them seem to have a strict door policy. And you'll also find a taxi rank to jump into at the end of the night. Singapore is also known for its fine dining and it's got a mix of cuisine. The price of eating out is fairly expensive so if you do want to reduce your costs when you're there it's worth visiting one of the many food courts which you can find on the ground levels of department stores. If you haven't been to a food court before they're usually quite busy they offer a canteen style of different types of food such as Japanese, Chinese, Indian and also western food. If you can stand the hustle and bustle you will save yourself some cash going to one of these. But if you do prefer restaurants, then there are Italian, Greek and plenty of seafood restaurants to choose from with fresh crab and seafood. You can also find good Indian cuisine at Arab Street, which is a traditional textile district with batiks, silks and sarongs. 
I have stayed in Little India, which is a very buzzy area. It's got a main market and the Temple of a Thousand Lights. It's a good place to browse, but you just need to be careful on Sunday night because all the workers congregate for a party. So the streets do get packed. So avoid that area unless you want to be an onlooker on a Sunday night. But from there, you can reach downtown Singapore in less than 10 minutes on the subway. And then you can spend the rest of your day just mooching around the city's museums. For the museums, you can see the National Museum of Singapore, the Asian Civilizations Museum, or the Changi Museum and Chapel, which is a museum with a replica of the city's Changi Pao prison as a reminder to World War II and the Japanese occupation. If you have the cash, a really good way to experience some Singapore sightseeing is by helicopter for an aerial view. They have scenic flights operate frequently and they leave from the smaller airport. If you are going to do this, it is advisable to book early to avoid any disappointment. This is a very quick summary of Singapore and I would say that Singapore does attract those who like amazing skylines, wine, dining, plenty of shopping and also fun at Sentosa Island. There was quite a variety of accommodation in Singapore. There were hostels to choose from. I actually stayed in a hostel as well. Most of the accommodation is in the heart of the city and there's also Airbnb where you can stay with locals. One of the best hotels to stay in here is the Marina Bay's Sands, which is just absolutely stunning. For travelling around, it's pretty easy because Singapore has got a really good transportation system. They also have buses and you can walk around, but you do need to wear flat shoes if you're walking around because you could be walking for a few hours. They do also do Singapore bike tours so you can explore all the city highlights by bicycle. The train system there is called the Mass Rapid Transport, MRT for short, which means that getting around is really easy and fast. The stops are generally near the main attractions. You can either buy a Singapore MRT card from the MRT stations or at the 7-Eleven stores. Or as I mentioned before, you can also get a Singapore tourist pass, which gives you unlimited travel for the amount of time that you're there. Taxis are metered. So when you get into a taxi, make sure that they do have the meter on. It's not really worth driving in Singapore. I wouldn't say that you really need a car there because the train system is really good. If you do decide to drive, then all the road signs are in English. So you can see the majority of Singapore in three days. I'd say three or four days is plenty of time, especially if you want to take advantage of Sentosa Island. For a sample itinerary for three days, so day one, you could spend your morning at the National Gallery Singapore to check out their large display of Asian art before doing the touristy thing and having a Singapore sling in the courtyard of Raffles Singapore Hotel. In the evening, you could take a river cruise along the quays and then stop at Clark Quay for dinner within a beautiful setting. It's also along the quays that you'll find the best bars for solo travellers. Day two, in the morning, you could experience the zen of Singapore at the Botanic Gardens and the world's largest display of orchids at the National Orchid Garden. Then you can shop or window shop in the afternoon at Orchard Road, which is one of the city's main shopping districts, before heading to Chinatown for some Chinese food in the evening. On the third day, on day three, you could spend some time in Little India and just get lost amongst the smell of spices and street vendors. In the afternoon, you could visit Sentosa Island, or if you prefer somewhere more cultural, 
Tiong Baru is one of the oldest neighbourhoods in Singapore with a mix of old and cool. It's a very hip place to stay for dinner too. And then in the evening you could take a Singapore night tour at the Singapore Zoo. Singapore is also a really good stop if you're on a Malaysia itinerary. So from Singapore you could travel to Malacca, the Cameron Highlands, Penang and Kuala Lumpur on a two-week itinerary for example. Some people just use Singapore as a stopover en route to Australia or New Zealand. But there are plenty of things to see in Singapore to keep you busy. I stayed in Singapore on the way through from Malaysia flying to Australia and it was such a great stop-off point. The best time to visit Singapore. Singapore seems to have a constant temperature of about 29 to 31 degrees Celsius. They do have a wet season which generally happens from November to January so the best time that is advised to go here is between February and April. Singapore Airport is amazing, by the way, and Singapore Airlines is one of the best airlines. The staff are just fantastic, but Singapore Airport is beautiful. And there are a few different ways you can get from Singapore Airport into Singapore. There's a bus that goes from Changi Airport, which is the name of the airport. To get to Orchard Road in the city, it takes about 50 minutes. There's also the MRT which goes from the airport, or you can take a taxi, which will take you about 20 minutes, but obviously that is the most expensive option. And just a few questions about Singapore, in case you're wondering, can you drink the tap water? Yes, you can. Do you tip? Yes, you generally tip, same as everywhere really, about a 10% service charge. There are lots of ATMs. If you are driving, they do drive on the left-hand side. If you're vegetarian, they do have a lot of vegetarian restaurants and even vegan restaurants as well. And just to elaborate, Singapore is definitely safe for solo female travellers. And I really, really recommend going here. So I hope that I've inspired you to go to Singapore. It is a wonderful place. And as I say, it's just so incredibly safe for solo female travel. If you haven't travelled solo before, it's also a very good destination just to try solo travel and see how it feels. If I have inspired you, you can read more about Singapore on the Solo Travel in Singapore guide on the Girl About the Globe blog. And I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlaboutheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.